Hello, what have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, my son. We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle. The beginning. What a bad feeling about this. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. You're a feisty little one, but you'll soon learn some respect. So, this is where the fun begins. Ha What are you talking about? This is madness. Hey, what's happening, boys and girls of the internet world? My name is Christopher Marinin, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. And joining me is my Star Wars friend. I'm Josh, and he's trying to eat me. <laughs> <laughs> Very appropriate. Uh, this is a two-man crew. This is a two-man job today, man. Um, you know, we might get joined here a little bit later by uh, a couple of our, our uh, Star Wars friends. I think Justin might be joining here shortly. Uh, I know Kyle and Vic wish they could be with us tonight. But we wanted to get out this show uh, and just keep with our theme of, of doing recaps. And as we all know, Rise of Skywalker is just under 24 hours for a lot of us. And So exciting. It's so exciting, man. I'm 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 getting nervous with anticipation. I got so nervous I got sick this week. Uh, <laughs> I got sick after our our marathon hype of Skywalker show. Uh, you know whether it's anticipation, stress from the holidays, stress from work, whatever. It hit me. Um, you know, and I'm I'm still I'm recovering now. I should be good to go by 6 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, definitely, this episode of The Mandalorian hit the sweet spot for me. So I was, you know, uh, I need that. I need a little bit of. Uh, I need a little bit of Mandalorian before I go get my, I don't know, my heart palpitations. Uh, you know, my heart bursting out of my say chest. Palpitations. Oh, I'm glad you caught that. I'm glad you caught that. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm so excited, dude. This is, I mean, we've talked about this. What a time to be alive, man. I mean, we literally just watched one of the most kick-ass, you know, hours of Star Wars ever live-action TV show, and then tomorrow we get. The, the end of the saga, the chap, chapter nine, dude, like back to back days, we're getting Star Wars content that 15 years ago we would never thought be imaginable. Maybe even a few years ago, because live action just changed the game so much. So this is uh, this is awesome, man. You know, the other thing is, I don't know if if you've done this yet, Josh, and I haven't really I know I've kind of kicked around on a couple of text messages in our in our group thread, um, but I'm on social media blackout. Are you on blackout mode yet? Yeah, man, I'm I'm staying away. I I haven't actually seen any actual spoilers, but I've seen a lot of like reports of other people spoiling. Yes, and just on official Star Wars threads and stuff. And that I I just don't understand if there's anybody that needs to get their fan card taken away. I feel like it's those people. <laughs> well, that's right, man. I think that's just incredibly disrespectful. Um, the reason why I jumped off, I, I thought I was going to be able to hold out until tomorrow. I thought I was going to be able to get navigate my way through Twitter, kind of be savvy about it. But I, I, you know, I got those unsolicited spoilers in my feed and I had a few of them and I go, you know what, dude? I didn't ask. I didn't ask for this. Why? Why is this happening? And what I what I put two and two together 
uh, and mind you, I'm only I'm only talking about a handful of posts, but it was enough to make me go blackout mode. It was it were people that had a negative view of the movie and it didn't fit their narrative or the outcome that they wanted. And part of what we talked about on the hype of Skywalker uh, is multiple outcomes. You know, how do you satisfy everybody? Uh, Kyle is very adamant that you won't be able to satisfy everybody. Um, you know, I'm still I'm, I'm still on the thing. If you give yourself an open mind, you'll be satisfied with this movie. Now, I haven't seen it. I could I could be one of those angry people, you know, hate tweeting spoilers for, you know, to ruin it for everybody. I can go on Rotten Tomatoes and give it a zero percent. You know, You're not that up. guy. Like, get yeah. out of here. You know, this whole this whole thing, I I never understood it, even with Last Jedi. I mean, listen, I didn't like the movie, and I watch it subsequent times, but I never gave it a negative rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't go out of my way to, you know, make it, it seem like it's a bad thing. No, man, I'm all about it. If it's for you, it's for you. It wasn't for me. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, say that I'm I'm going to – I unabashedly will be in love with The Rise of Skywalker. Now, I predict I will. Based on the types of tweets that I saw that made me go on social media blackout, okay. sounds like some yeah. things are coming true uh, that 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 I had talked about on the show. Um, but bottom line is, man, regardless of what the outcome is, J.J. Abrams and and staff had a very tough obstacle to wrap up the saga. So it's not going to please everybody, but um, is it going to be more along the lines of pleasing as many people as possible? I think so. Um, but I definitely, I'm not hopping back on Twitter until after I see that movie. Um, I'm going to try to keep my tweets to a excited minimum level. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, um, after end game, cause I saw the first showing of end game. I kind of just said like, holy, holy shit. Like that movie was incredible. Yay. You know, all caps yeah. or something yeah, yeah. like that. I'll probably do the same thing with this. Uh, you know, I probably won't actually talk about it till we get together and recap it. How do you react after big movies like this? I mean, kind of the same thing. Where all the experts, I I will keep my public uh, reaction minimal, but then you know, I'll with the group chat with you guys, I'll be like you know, going crazy. And then I, I have a couple, uh, like professional wrestler friends who are also really big star Wars fans. We have a little yeah. group chat too. So I'll, I'll be hitting them up, but yeah. And I'm, you know, I saw the, I saw some of the same stuff you did. And so I, I know some things that probably didn't happen because of which part of the fan base is pissed right now. Right. But otherwise, yeah. Oh, it's clear. It's definitely yeah. clear. If you stayed on Twitter, um, you know, even 12 hours after that Los Angeles premiere they they had. I don't know who's leaking these things. I, you know, the other thing was I saw so many people, you know, I was, I was at this premiere. I was at this premiere. I got this ticket to go here. I'm like, dude, how many tickets did they give out? How many people? I, I, I saw some people that were seeing it today. Like, how do you get on that game? That's kind of crazy. Um, I had to buy my tickets frantically on cinemark.com that that fateful night in october you know just pounding my my iphone screen bah, 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 i need 10 tickets oh freaking out you know texted you guys it was crazy but you know they got apparently premieres all over the place they're having the london premiere tonight actually it's not fair cool. <laughs> it's not fair you're right but hey we're we're so close we're so close um and it's gonna be which, rough tomorrow 
Oh yeah. Oh, well look, I got a half day. I'm on vacation after that. You know, I got, uh, two showings of the rise of Skywalker in under 24 hours. I'm so excited about that. You can't, you know, it doesn't get any better than that. I get to see the movie with my friends, get to chat with you guys after we all get to see it. Um, Hopefully we can recap it or uh, have some instant reactions after the movie. I think that would be fun. I know you and I, you know, I was kind of, when you were saying you were the first person to see it, I was definitely resigned to that because I was like, oh, yeah, I got seven o'clock tickets. And, I, and then my buddy uh, Jason from Rebel Force hit me up. He's like, hey, so what's what's up, man? What are we doing tomorrow? And I pulled up the tickets. I was like, oh, damn. It's 6 p.m. Okay, no, we're going to the 6 p.m. show. So you and I are seeing it at the same time. Um, yeah. So who knows, man? We might do some some fan reaction or Star Wars friends reactions uh, right after the the show, uh, right after the movie. So we'll we'll figure out what that looks like. Maybe we'll drop an episode tomorrow night. Um, we'll see, man. There's going to be a lot to dissect, a lot to break down. And I, I, I know might. I might tweet some fake spoilers afterwards. Like, man, I I can't believe that Ray uh, made out with Dash Rendar. Barris Rendar's Offie. always going to be my. Hey, yeah, Dash Rendar's your go-to. Barris Offie, Dexter Jetster, Kitster, they're all my, you yeah. know, I got so many go-tos, dude. <laughs> who knows? Django Fett returns. Uh, you know, who knows? I still, I don't know. I don't want to go the Boba Fett thing. Kyle's not here. I can't make him mad. So I'm not going to say anything about Boba Fett and Rise of Skywalker. But I have something um, to say about Boba Fett tonight about some other stuff. But okay. I'm interested we'll get, in that. Yeah, we'll get there. So, so, you know, with this, this is going to be a quick episode. Um, you know, we want to definitely rest up before the Rise of Skywalker. But I do have uh, one piece of uh, things I want to talk about quick. Your lightsabers will make a fine addition to my collection. I am so incredibly happy to announce that I picked up the vintage collection Yavin Ceremony Princess Leia, which I have been seeking hard for like a month plus. I mean, I'm talking more trips to Walmart than I care to admit uh, and special trips out of my way to go to Target to look for this figure. And I will tell you, it's gorgeous, man. I got it sitting right next to uh, Yavin Ceremony Luke. And uh, it just poses the question, are they going to release the Han? And are they going to release a Chewie with or without a metal? What do you think? Well, didn't they make the metal cannon in this comic book? With something about like they don't wear yeah. metals or something? Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. So, Although <laughs> official. I guess that's a, guess that's a no. I, but I don't what think would, I mean I don't think that's going to translate to an action figure. What just the uh, just the Chewy with like a Yavin ceremony card? You know, yeah. Like I, yeah how I many Chewies yeah. do you need? There's so many Chewies. I you know I got to get that Chewy C three PO Black Series that came out. The Empire Strikes Back Black Series. Have you seen that one? Is it? It's, he has like he has Chewy on his or he has C three PO on his back. Yeah, is that what yeah. you're talking about? That, that yeah, that's sweet. a really cool fig. Yeah. So I got to get that. My girlfriend was actually asking me for it. So Santa's not bringing it, but, uh, you know, I might bring it a little bit later. So um, I got to order that guy up. So what about you, Josh? Anything? Uh, I know it's just been like literally just a couple days since our last episode, but you get anything? Um. Yeah, I did get one thing. It's not it's kind of like the thing that I got is not that big of a deal, but in a way it's a big deal for me. So we do a secret Santa every year at my work. And I basically, before, as we get started, 
like a week before or whatever, we're all supposed to fill out like this sheet with all these questions. So to give people like Intel on what they, what they should buy you. And then we all hang up like stockings and your whoever gets you supposed to put like a small gift in your thing every day for that week. And then you get like a bigger gift at the end. Um, and, um, so I got, so I obviously put star Wars all over that thing. And, um, generally I get, um, (laughs) I get people that aren't really good at it, and I get really weird gifts. But oh, this year, yeah. I got someone who did a decent job, and I got a sweet Star Wars hat. And it's literally just a black hat with like the logo embroidered on it. And then I got a a, a poster that has a stormtrooper on it. It says Employee of the Month. Oh, so, cool! <laughs> so not like yeah. not like super. You know, it's no it's no Yavin Leia, but well, for um, sure, considering yeah. considering how bad my Secret Santa gifts have been in previous years. <laughs> Um, right. It was nice to get some decent stuff. So, no, I feel you. I think when you put like Star Wars on something like that, where the general public can just buy you a gift that you, they'll probably go to like a CVS or like a Walgreens and like, oh yeah, cool, that says Star Wars on it. It's just a bag of sweeties, you know, with like a yeah. Star Wars logo. Um, the, uh, the best Star Wars gift I got from a Secret Santa was R2-D2 C-3PO Pez dispensers, and I still got them. I, I have a weird... I didn't set out to have a cool collection of Pez dispensers, but I actually, when I was resetting up the room I'm in now, um, my museum, the Star Wars room, uh, I was like, oh, damn. I have, like, Pez dispensers going back to the prequel era, like, good, like good ones. And, uh, you know, yeah, we'll see where it takes me. If I come across a cool one, I'll pick one up. But, um, you know, the other thing with hats... You mentioned you got a, that cool Star Wars hat. There's some bad Star Wars hats out there, man. I don't know if you've ever seen the Star Wars hats where they're like, they got like whole battle scenes like embroidered under the brim. And yes. like, dude, to me, I wear hats all the time. You guys have called me so out on this a few yeah. times. Yeah. If I if I see like it's gonna mess with my eyeballs if there's like a whole battle scene underneath the brim of the hat like it's just too live like it's just way too live you're like dude what's going on um, but I have to get I know that um, so I, the hat I'm wearing right now is a new era 40th anniversary New Hope hat and it's a nice snapback and when I wore it at Celebration this last year I got so many compliments on it because it has the artwork of uh, Paul Cooper who is a famous artist of the 70s um, but I'm waiting for the 40th anniversary Empire Strikes Back which is this is the you know 2020 is going to be the anniversary Yeah, I hope they come out with a new era snapback that, that meets the Empire Strikes Back dude Celebration is going to be loaded with Empire Strikes Back stuff for the for the fortieth anniversary, it's going to be crazy. So I'm actually really excited about that. Um, but cool, man. I'm glad you got your Secret Santa on. Uh, that's fun. So uh, with that today, we are here to not talk about Secret Santa, even though Christmas is just a few days away. We're actually here to recap episode or. I keep saying episode. They're chapters. Someone yell at me. Uh, Chapter 7 of The Mandalorian, The Reckoning. So this episode was hot. This episode was on fire. This episode was brutal. This episode was lovely. Um, it was everything. This episode was, my was crazy. One. Chapter 
Dude, chapter seven, the reckoning. We might do a follow up episode when all the guys are with us. Um, we might wow, need what to, an episode. Yeah. yeah, I know the dudes have a lot of opinions, um, and they and they definitely want to chime in on this. And like I said, maybe Justin, uh, maybe Justin's going to be joining us here in a little bit. Um, but man, this episode was just crazy, dude. It had literally everything that you would want in a Mandalorian episode. Um, I am the, I'll be the first to admit that when I'm wrong, I'll be the first to admit that I didn't call it right. I didn't think that we were going to see a reunion of these characters before the end of this season. And sure enough, after a hot episode, chapter six, dude, we get absolutely the craziest episode of the season so far because it brought in all the elements of this show. It brought in all the characters. It brought in all the, the, um, you know, all the character arcs, it brought in all the storylines, all the plot lines, everything, everything was woven back together. And here we are with this beautiful episode, which is directed by Deborah Chow, who delivered a beautiful episode earlier in the season. This is an accomplished X-Wing pilot. too. That's right. Director squadron. (laughs) So, um, I'm telling you, man, like this show, today's show, the reckoning was the, the one that I was like, Oh damn. This is the most movie like. And I was definitely upset that it is now a two-parter finale. Like I want that finale episode and I'm like, "Damn, I got to wait 10 days." But yeah. it's at the same token, we got Rise of Skywalker coming up tomorrow, so I can't really be that bummed. Um, yeah, you have something to take your mind off of it. Oh, yeah, maybe <laughs> just a little tiny thing. Um, but yeah, man, I think that this episode it brought all elements together in a beautiful way. It was fast paced. Um, I got two, I got two watchings of the episode, one this morning and one when I got home from work. Um, but when I watch it this morning, you know, I wake up, have a couple sips of coffee, uh, have a piece of toast with butter. And then I plop on the couch and I say, okay, here it goes. And then I was, I was just fully immersed at like, you know, however early it was, I was just like sucked into this show and it was it felt for the first time like a big motion picture and i know the first couple episodes definitely had that cinematic motion picture quality but this had everything everything that we've been shown so far so i was wrong um <laughs> and i'm and i'm glad i was wrong because i was so pleased with this episode so what were your initial thoughts on this well i i also just want to point out that i i um my initial watching was in the morning too, and I actually watched it on the treadmill running. Oh wow! Um, and, you tend to uh, do that. You tend to do that from time to time. Yeah, I've done it a couple times, and <laughs> I, I had to say a lot of a lot of times I uh, I will have like a little bit of pain when because I'm like training to 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 be a runner again, so I'm like not there, right? So yeah, yeah. I will, and like today, like I was so thoroughly distracted. That I that like <laughs> my legs sure. were fine, you know. I was, oh I was yeah. Great. So, um, yeah. No, I'm I'm with I'm a hundred percent on board with you. I I I I can't think of a thing that I didn't like about this episode. It was it was great. It it brought everything. It brought everybody together. It brought everything back in like kind of tied it up in a bow. And right. with at the same time leaving it open, where I'm like. I have no idea how they're going to get out of this. Like what? Oh, right? I have no idea what's going to happen in the next episode. It's scary. It's scary. My girlfriend, I, I got to watch it with her just a 
about an hour ago. And she, at the end of the, you know, at the end of the episode, she's just sitting there with her mouth open. She wants to cry. And, um, she's like, ah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's a bad yeah. feeling, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone's, you know, and it's, it sucks, you know, cause we're all emotionally invested in these characters now, even though, you know, um, Quill, we, we just, we know him very little. Cara Dune, we know her very little. IG-11, know, know it very little. But we're we're now emotionally connected to these figures or these characters. And this is what I was saying in previous episodes. It's just like you put Cara Dune and IG-11 and Quill in all these marketing materials so early on that the diehard Star Wars fans, we already, we already knew we loved them. Just from the look, yeah. like, oh yeah, like, okay, they're they're Star Wars, like they're legit, and they fit the mold of what we want from a character. And then we see them on screen, it's like, okay, yeah, this is legit. And then when they went away, we get sad, but here they are again. So, um, it was really from the start for me the whole recap. You know how Disney Plus does that little, like, oh, previously on the Mandalorian, oh, yeah. and you know who they need, um. Why can't I think of his name? The uh, the voiceover from Clone Wars. Oh my goodness, uh, he's uh, I know trouble Justin. in the galaxy. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Justin and Kyle would kill me right now. I can't remember he his also name. Plays off the top like of an head. admiral or something. Yeah. I can't oh yeah, remember. he does a lot. He does a lot. So they're gonna kill me when they listen to this. Um, but they need him to be like. Then last week on Mandalorian, you know, whatever. It's not um, Jim Cummings, is it? No, no. Jim Cummings is Hondo Anaka, my friends. Uh, that's also Winnie the Pooh, so. Oh, <laughs> good, good range. Um, but I think this recap of the show really, really set the tone. You know, you were looking at all the flashbacks, and right away, you know, they show they show Quill, they show IG-11, they show Cara Dune, they show Baby Yoda, they show Grief Karga. I'm like, uh-oh, I'm wrong, and this is going to be a reunion show, like, right away. Um, so that's the whole recap set the tone for this week, and it was perfect, because it did link all those prior chapters together. But, you know, then after the recap... You're in space, you're in you're in the Razor Crest, and then that message comes from Grief Karga. And I'm like, uh-oh, this is a setup. Don't fall for it. Classic setup, you know. Oh, we need you here alone with the baby on Navarro. And there's, you know, dude, shut up. Like, you know, this is a total setup. Uh, and whether or not the Mandalorian bought into it as a setup, I think he did the right thing where – you know, he he got Cara Dune, but the the line that the line that got me, I think Grief Karga is a fascinating character, and and this episode specifically really expanded Grief Karga for me as far as like who he is as a character. Um, you know, the line was, "A man of your honor should not live in exile," and I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's that's the thought that literally goes through my head every time he has to jump from planet to planet. I'm like, damn you leave him alone and leave the We're child doing the right alone. thing. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, grief Karga said it best. Um, but you nice know, guys finished last Chris, <laughs> this is true. And he's the nicest guy until he has to kill somebody. But, um, with <laughs> he that, does what he has to, he, he damn right. He does, but he goes <laughs> to get Caradu. He needs reinforcements. And of course that's his pal. Um, d- you know, presuming he doesn't know where his Mandalorian tribesmen are, which is curious. Um, they haven't contacted him. He hasn't contacted them. Um, I would, I thought that maybe he, he would have gone to get them at some point or at least contact them or have like a distress beacon. So that was kind of odd that Cara Dune was his first go-to, but whatever, you know, um, 
what's the name of that planet that they that she resides on? Do you remember? Or did oh, they, they even said it? I don't know. They totally said it. I think it's like Sargon, mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. No, that sounds right. That sounds right. But we uh, we catch Cara Dune in that uh, that Olive Garden, you know, Star Wars restaurant with the with the <laughs> with the very nice waitress, you know. Um, but we catch them. We catch Cara Dune. Bone, bone broth. Yeah, with the <laughs> right, right, soup salad and bone broth. Um, but we catch Cara Dune in the middle of a. Josh, you put it best. I mean, I'm going to step on your point, man. You called it something great in the in the show notes here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it reminded me of a Texas strap match from old school totally. wrestling. Totally. Which, which for the uninitiated, they would do this. It's they used to do all these crazy, silly gimmicks back in the day. And um, what they would do is like each wrestler, they were they had this long leather strap that would basically let them. It was long enough so they could stand like from corner to corner, like diagonally right. across the ring. And they'd both be like strapped at their wrist. And so it would keep them together. But then it also they could use it to like, you know, inevitably one of them would use it to like whip the other guy with it and stuff. And this was like totally that same exact mechanic and right. she even did the did that thing it kept them together but then she even used it on the guy like to to choke him yeah i thought that was interesting i didn't know how how devastating that electrical charge was but as soon as she choked him i was like oh is she gonna cut his head off um that was kind of nuts but you you know the other thing was with that the the zabrik um you know which is the same same species as darth maul uh, he, did you notice his tattoos? Uh, a little bit. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting that he was so big because he normally like every, every, um, Zabrak we've seen has been like, you know, trim kind of smaller. And, and even yeah. in, uh, even in Jedi fallen order, um, they're like ghouls. They're like, you know, they're very, yeah, they're very tiny, uh, skinny little guys, but this dude was, Huge. Yeah, he was yeah. like, um, I mean, at least a foot or a head taller than Cara Dune, and she held her own. Um, it's interesting. I was like, you know, the first thing I thought of was like, don't hit his head. Like, you know, yeah. like, dude, you're going to bust your bust your skin open or whatever. That was, that was the first thing I was thinking of. But, you know, I saw a background character this morning, and I was looking again this afternoon, and uh, Kazu Leach, man, I think he's in the crowd. You know what I'm talking mm. about? No. Kazu Leach from Force Awakens, Han Solo's boy. No? No. Oh, okay. It's not ringing a bell. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's cool, man. I'm um, a bad fan. No, no, no. Kazu Leach was, uh, he leads like a uh, a pirate group that oh, Han Solo. Oh, that's the guy that's, yeah, he's like, is he, um, is he Asian guy? And yeah. He, the, that, yeah, 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 I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think I saw him in the background, but that's a very obscure call out. I doubt that's him. We'll see. But, uh, Regardless, um, after he recruits Cara Dune, you know, it's funny. All he had to do was say, I'm battling Imperials. And yeah, she's like, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, I'm in, dude. Uh, it, yep. So I'm, my calendar is open. <laughs> <laughs> like she didn't want to do it for money. But as soon as you say the Imperials, she's all in. So it's like uh, that was kind of cute. Um, and then, of course, you cut to the scene where they're back on the ship. You know, and then she jumps down to the armory and one of the best scenes in the show is when she's like, oh, yes, he is. Is is he OK up here? Like referencing to, to the child, baby Yoda and his little crib. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, dude, 
Yoda's chill. He's fine. They go down. But the he armory. already knows that he's not chill, so I don't know why he left. Him <laughs> right, up there. he's a little troublemaker. Uh, but he pops his head down from the little, uh, you know. So the, I didn't. I didn't see that. On oh, first really? Watch. So I was watching it the second time, and I was like, "Oh, that little shit." <laughs> He looks down. Oh, or oh, they're not paying attention to me. Okay, let me go up. Drives the ship, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, oh, he wants to be just like Dad. He's just driving the ship the best he can. Um, that was a great scene. I really like that. It, it uh, always it reminds me of anytime he does something mischievous. It reminds me of Yoda um, when we first meet him when he's pretending oh, to not be yeah. Yoda and he's just a, a shitster. Yeah, yeah dude. But, Tab affectionately calls that version of Yoda shyster Yoda. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When he t- tapping R2 on the dome with his little cane. Mine, and- mine, mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. So that was good. Um, and then after after that scene, uh, they go to the planet um, where the child was originally held up. I, You know, and I, that's yeah. a planet I don't know the name of, of course. That was uh, tomorrow, I think. No, 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 no. The planet no. where their quill's on. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 where the child they, was originally. They, they did say that one, too. It has a number after it. Okay. Yeah, I'm not too hip on it. I Like, I usually catch up on those type of things with uh, the art of books. I didn't write it down. So, uh, with this, they go back to that planet, and the Mandalorian, now he's building his crew. He's got Cara Dune. He's got the child, and he needs quill. Because he needs someone to watch the child as they go, you know, meet up with Grief Karga. And Quill is like, yo, man, like, I know you came back here for a reason. And he doesn't want to get in the fight or whatever. Because um, obviously he's he wants to just live in quiet solitude. He served his time. Um, we learn that he was an indentured servant of the Empire. He paid his dues by being a craftsman. But what was great, the scene was, you know, they're sitting in his hut. And then all of a sudden, the IG droid comes through the doorway. And I was like, oh, damn, what? You know, that yeah, was I didn't my see the tea tray at first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just saw the legs and 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 the, and the head and I go, oh, what is happening? That's my surprise moment. And um, that was such a great scene. And then it, you know, it turns out that Quill was rebuilding him to be a servant droid, which is like so you know, so foreign to what an assassin droid is. And you got to see this beautiful montage of, of him being reprogrammed. But I, that was a highlight for me. What about for you? Yeah. And I, and I felt like that was kind of, um, for whatever reason, it, it, the thought of like assassin droid as he's now like a Butler helper. <laughs> right. It, it totally fit with that. Like New Zealand, like style of con- like oh, flight yeah. of the concords. And I was like, Oh, this is perfect that it's Taika playing that character because it just, it kind of fits with that. Just the sil- that silliness. Oh yeah. I, I did. I did. You, since you, you brought it up, I did take, I have my, my one little like fan nitpick when he said, when he told Cara Dune that he was an indentured servant, with the empire for three human lifetimes. I was like, yeah. empire's only been in existence for like 26, 27 years at this point, 29 Th- that years. That is true. That is true because it's only, it's only like nine ABY. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right, dude. I, Cause I actually didn't think about that. I loved the line and I didn't actually, I put- did too. Yeah. It made sense. And then I was like, wait a minute, that, that's that time frame is way too long. Yeah, and even if he's talking about the, uh, you know, he's talking. No, I, yeah, I'm trying to think, man. If he served, he wouldn't have served the 
the Republic. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Did I'm Republic guessing he must have already certain? been. They might have. He might have already been an indentured servant and then got sold to the Empire to like, you know, because they they that kind of thing can happen, right? You're like you're a slave or you're a servant and you get sold to another That's master. True. Like That's that. That's true. Now the that, Huts. That have, must be what it is. The Huts have had slaves for a long time. Uh, I hope that's made its way into canon because it was part of the expanded universe forever. They were they were huge slave trades, uh, slave traders, and then oh, we have they, it with Shmi because Shmi belongs to Watto. That's true. And that's then gets sold to Lars, and he's he frees her. And so know? there is precedent. There is precedent. Yeah. So yeah, he might have been he might have been uh, indentured servant by other means. But yeah, that was a. I thought the line was good, but yeah, you're right. I didn't dive into that too much. Um, it was funny, you know, Quill is reluctantly accepting the job, doesn't want money. And, uh, you know, he's like, yeah, I'll do it so that the child doesn't end up Imperial under Imperial control. And then he goes, the Blurgs will join me. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then the man who goes, the Blurgs, I have spoken, you know, like one yeah. of those moments like, yeah, dude, sorry, man. It's, no, it's, it's all or nothing. Yeah. So, so that planet is Arvala seven. See, I didn't know that. I don't think they ever dropped that. No, that they name. said it. They said we're going to go back to Arvala Seven. That's how I remember there was a name on it. But oh, I mean, did they say it on this episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy smokes! Okay, I'd have to go back and rewatch that. Cool. It was right. real quick. It was real quick. Arvala Seven. All right. Yep. Um. So they got the Blurgs on the ship, which I didn't. I was like trying to think. I'm like, can they fit a blur like, on the ship? Yeah, like, like, dang, man, this one there. Yeah, dude. Like this, this hole is gonna get real tight. Uh, so they eventually fit three blurgs on the ship, um, and then we see Cara Dune and the Mando in an arm wrestling match, which is funny um, with Carl Weathers being on the show. Uh, if you know anything about <laughs> Carl Weathers and arm wrestling, if you don't, look it up. The epic uh, handshake. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you don't know anything about Carl Weathers, he should have been in that battle, dude. He should have been one arm wrestling. But um, what happened was the the baby, the child, saw the Mando uh, in battle in this arm wrestling match and got into defense mode. And he, he went to protect mode. And he force choked Cara Dune. I was like, damn. Like, yeah. He's a great Jedi at best. No regular Jedi would do that. No. <laughs> Dude, that was He's a baby. He don't know. No, he doesn't know. He just wants to protect his 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 dad. But it's like, oh my God, he went there. And that's just like you know, whether the whether the child is aware of his force abilities or not, um, it is it, extremely powerful. And it scared Cara Dune. Quill knew more than what he can put into words. Cause he wasn't able to you know, he's, oh, I know what this is, but I, I can't talk about it because he just doesn't have enough knowledge. He definitely is the most intelligent Ugnot I've ever seen in any Star well, Wars I'm ever. I'm pretty sure he's the only one that's ever spoken basic, too. Right, dude. Like, what's up? They with, like, usually like, sound like pig squeals. Yeah. Yeah, with subtitles. So uh, that's he's the one that went to college. <laughs> right. He's the one that got away. He got away. But, you know, you, you see him. He's trying to. He's trying to make sense of what he's seen, and he knows that the child is far more powerful than anyone can comprehend. And actually, Quill is the the peacemaker in all this. He's the one trying to to make sense of it. Um, you know, whether it's just through age and wisdom or or what have you. Um, Kara wanted to kill him, 
Mando was like freaked out. He didn't know what to do. Uh, but Quill was like, yo, dude, this is something. This child is something special. You know, when he when he said that he like had heard of this or seen something like this when he was with the Empire, made me think, did he ever see Vader choke force choke somebody? Like while he was working? Possible. Possible. Yeah. You never know. Or top hazards. Yeah. Or any Inquisitor, because now Inquisitors yeah, are such true, a yeah. massive part of canon now. I mean, I'm just totally surprised with how, I mean, from from Rebels on, how popular Inquisitors have become. But so, you know, we do the force choke. That's a whole thing. Um, and they eventually get to Navarro. And before then, before they actually, before they get to Navarro, he, may, he says something to Cara Dune about IG-11. The droid is not to leave the ship. And she's like, dude, what's your deal with droids? And he made a good point. Like, this droid was programmed to be an assassin. I don't care how many wires you replace in it. It was programmed to kill. That's in its nature. You know, and that's a good point. And I think we're going to see, you know, because Quill said, like, yeah, I didn't take out his programming to protect. He'll still protect. I wonder how nasty he's going to get when he finds his master dead. Right? Yeah, I think I mean, I think that not to get ahead of myself here, but I think that, Moment you know, again. he might be the person um, he might he might be what saves them. He might come, you know, do an OK Corral, uh, shoot him up like he did in the first episode. Oh, I think IG-11 is going to go ballistic, dude. I think it's going to be absolutely crazy. And, um, you know, once he goes into protect mode, look out because it's going to get wild. Um but he's going to have to leave the ship, um, you know, which is what the Mandalorian didn't want. And then maybe that's how he builds respect with the Mandalorian. And then that's the that's an angle they'll play going into season two. But, you know, once they get out the ship, they rendezvous with Grief Karga and his little bounty hunter guild. And, you know, it it leads you to believe if the Mandalorian didn't get his crew together, he probably would have been killed. They probably yeah, oh, would yeah. have ambushed them and taken the taken the child. And that's, you know, and even Grief Karga it lets that slip later on in the in the show. Like, yo, dude, our plan was to kill you and steal the baby. Um, so that was, well, not, you know. Yeah, not to mention he was like, he was like, oh, the the shock trooper can stay can stay here. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> he want her come along. Right. He's like, we don't need to deal with her, too. You know, it's crazy. They, they had her cover up her tattoo. They kept referencing the tattoo. I thought they were talking about the insignia under her eye. It's actually the bars on her arm yeah. that that identify her as a uh, as a shock trooper. So um, or a, a jump trooper or whatever you want to call it. Um, she is definitely easily identifiable. Um, so that was fascinating. Little little nice, nice touch there. Storytelling. But, you know, they they journey out from the Razor Crest in the town they set up camp uh, together, Grief Karga, his bounty hunter guys, and the crew. And they're having this little you know, moment where they're going over the plan. And then all of a sudden, these massive creatures, these flying creatures come by. And um, <laughs> my first watch this morning, right when that – because I was like, oh, they're just talking around the campfire. There's going to be no action here. I had a sip of my coffee. And as soon as I sipped my coffee is when the, the big winged creature came down. I was like, oh, you know, one of those like, oh, what? Oh, this is crazy. You know, blaster fire everywhere. And it was a really cool scene because it was like, I mean, it was definitely hysteria there for a minute. 
and you know, it took a blurg, almost took a second blurg. It took uh, one of the bounty hunters, and then it injured our boy Grief Carga. And we, th- you know, I thought Grief Carga was was gone for. He had that awful wound. Kara's trying to heal him, uh, and then all of a sudden, our little friend, the child, and he demonstrates his. Uh, he walks up to a poisoned, gashed open Grief Carga. And no one else has another med pack. You know, we feel that grief's going to die. And then what happens? You know, he, he he tries to eat him. He tries to eat him. Dude, that was. <laughs> that was so funny. Unexpected and hilarious. And the fact that, like, he, you know, Carl Weathers, grief car. The fact that it was Carl Weathers that said it was made it the funniest, the funniest thing. Because he's like macho, macho man. You know, he's like. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to eat me. Like, dude, what? No, well, this was not. cool, too, because, you know, I think we all assumed he was trying to heal the Mando before, but he, he was, like, reaching for him, but he didn't actually do anything, right? So right, we, like, right. assumed, you know, he must be trying to heal him. Like, he was hurt. He was trying. And so to see him actually do it and get that confirmation that he has that force power is is sweet. It, he's so powerful, man. So we got to see two massive abilities demonstrated on this, and the healing is something you know we we always we've known that Jedi's could heal, and I'm so happy that we actually got to see it on screen. I mean, as far as I remember, that's the that's the most prolific demonstration of the healing power on screen. We know about it from novels, we know about it from comics, we know about it from video games, but that was definitely a potent demonstration of healing abilities. Wow. Um, I feel like that might be the first new canon version of it. Because like I when so I think too. of healing, all I think of is I think of Klingle, and she's not a uh, she's not you know in it anymore. Yeah, no, at least. for real, for real. And a lot of the healing powers came from the old Republic stories. So, um, you know, and I know Luminara and Dolly and uh, Barris Offie had healing powers, um, but you never got to see them, right? So. There's a lot. Um, so I'm just happy to see it now on screen. But after you know, after the heal and grief, Karg is fine. I mean, he literally was like five seconds done. Like he totally healed. Um, yeah, it was all gone. No scar, nothing. It was gone. Wild. He was like fine. Yeah, it was wild. So it gave uh, you know, it, it gave a new life to grief. Saved his life. Um, and then here they are the next day, and they're almost at town, and. You know, they do the classic setup where the two bounty hunters are behind Cara Dune and, and the Mando and the grief walks ahead, turns around, and now they're trapped. And I was like, oh, come on, bro. Like, you're going to go this far. And, um, you know, grief kills the two bounty hunters. And I was like, okay, I'm down for that. I like that. Uh, and then he admits to the Mando, like, yo, dude, our plan was to kill you, take the baby. Now we're a team, and now we have to figure out how to go kill this client, you know? And they put together their plan, which it was like jumping all over the place. They're like, no, you got to do this. No, you got to do this. No, you got to do this. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, guys, just, I don't know. Like, figure it out, dude. <laughs> um, so they eventually settle on a plan where they the, the Mando's the, the hostage, right? turns his blaster over to grief carga Kara dunes like flipping her wig like yo dude like this isn't cool i'll gotta go with you guys she ends up going as a uh, proxy bounty hunter like a de facto bounty hunter and yeah. um they walk into town 
And the first thing I noticed about walking into town was like the casual nature of these scout troopers. And as we know, actual soldiers of the empire have very rigid posture. You know, they're very, um, you know, they're upright and they're ready to, they're ready to, you know, get in line and, you know, they're very militaristic, obviously. Yeah, but these casual scout troopers are just leaning on their speeder bikes, hanging out. They might as well be sipping a Coke with a straw, eating a burger. Like, they could care less. They were so just like, yeah, I'm here to just whatever. Like, I'm at Navarro. Cool. You know, that's the vibe I got from them. And it just reminded me how mighty, how the mighty have fallen, you know, so fast. Their uniforms are garbage. They're all junked up. Um, and then they, you know, they're walking through the city, and um, oh, actually, you know what? The the guy, the one scout trooper, was pressing grief cargo on his code, and he's like, "Yeah, dude, like, do you have your code or what? Like, what are you doing here? Like, you're wasting my time. Like, you just totally tell his whole posture and and the and his whole like demeanor was very." just doesn't give a shit right like it was well really, they're like on this backwater it's like a shit assignment you know like right the the they lost the war a couple years ago and right i mean i get it it makes sense to me yeah that's what i mean it was great man it was a great portrayal um you know and they're walking through the town and it's all stormtroopers like it's all stormtroopers and grief was like you know he, he sold he sold the Mando and Cara Dune on the plan that it only had like four stormtroopers guarding the client, and then here they are in an entire stronghold filled with stormtroopers. So they eventually get to the client. They're chilling in the old cantina, and no sign of Doctor Pershing. Uh, but we get the client, and he you know, he walks up. They walk in with the baby, and he's like, "Oh, like wow, this." You know, he's remarking about the Beskar armor, which was a cool scene. You know, he talked about how beautiful it is when it's forged by his ancestors. Uh, I thought that was interesting. And then he goes into a little, you know, a little tangent about how, you know, the Mandalore had rejected the help of the Empire. And, you know, he was he was kind of like bashing Mandalore. Actually, he was outright bashing Mandalore about why they, you know, they fell because they didn't accept the Empire's help and how, you know, statistically the Empire benefits everything they touch and they put order in place, prosperity, all those things. And then here you are in this junky town with like the beat up remnants of the Empire. It's like, what are you talking about, dude? Well, and I think you can put the word help in quotes, too, uh, like for sure. I, I mean, I think I think that means like, why didn't you? Why didn't you submit yourself to imperial rule and subjugation? You know, they well, wanted sure. to, oh, you know, sure. they wanted to join. They wanted them to join and they were like, nah, dog, we're <laughs> right. Mandalorians. We don't do right. that shit. Right. And but here he is. He's, you know, reprimanding him. Um, yeah. You know, the other thing I was thinking of, you know, I, I got I got a little too far ahead because there's a few more things, you know. Quill was with them, and he sent Quill back to the Razor Crest on the Blurg. But he tells he tells Quill like, "Yo, dude, make sure you put on ground security protocols because nothing on this planet can get in my ship with that on." And I'm sitting over here like, "Bro, you know uh, where was <laughs> where was this at for multiple episodes? Like, how why don't you put these things into place? You know, uh, other times, right? Like." So apparently he does have some security protocols. Uh, I'd be fascinated to see what those look like. We we did not get a chance to see them this episode because the sad ending. But they're here with the client, and 
the client wants to see the baby. And another funny line in this is that Grief Cargo was trying to delay the inevitable when the client was like, let me see, let me see the baby or whatever, you know, and Grief Cargo is like, no, he's sleeping. He's like, well, we will be quiet. And it's like, dude, what? (laughs) Like, oh, my God. Uh, is so funny that whole line with the whole delivery was so funny. And then he gets the he gets the call from Moff Gideon, who we finally get to see. And he gets it, that was a weird scene for me because Moff Gideon's like, "Yo, dude, check the baby. You might want to check again." And then all of a sudden, the Death Troopers just light him up and kill the client and all the stormtroopers in that room. Now. Is that Death Troopers was a nice touch. It was a very nice touch because it was evil. It was super evil. They're gunning down their own, their own, you know, group. And it's like, is are, was his group that expendable? Like, were were those were those people, the client and the rest, were they that expendable? Were they were that able to get gunned down? Like, that's brutal, dude. Like, so to me, you know this. This Moff Gideon guy is ruthless. Like he yeah, oh yeah. is totally ruthless where he just gunned down his own people to get what he wants. Um, what was striking to me, him flying down in that TIE fighter was very reminiscent of uh, Twilight of the Apprentice, Darth Vader uh, riding in on his TIE fighter. Oh, yeah. Very uh, dramatic. Um, you know, <laughs> had to make a statement. All right, get it, dude. Yeah, you're cool and powerful. Got it. But that TIE fighter was slick, man. It had the fold-on wings, all that good stuff. Um, so that was cool. I didn't realize that was a thing. I've never Although seen I, that I before. I did some research. I guess it's something that it has existed in canon, but I, I didn't – I had never seen it before. I've never seen it before. My girlfriend turned to me. She's like, oh, that's new. And I'm like, yeah, actually, I've never seen that. I've never seen a TIE fighter with landing gear. How do they fit all that landing gear in that little bubble? That's crazy to me. Um, so anyways, he flies in. Did you notice the the troop transport? Um, that's based on an, uh, an old Kenner toy. And we've seen it in Rebels before where the troops are hanging out the sides of this, yeah. like, you know, this transport. Um that was pretty tight, but their uniform, their armor, spotless, spotless. So are these oh, yeah. troopers, are they stationed on a Star Destroyer? Where did Moff Gideon come from? What is that all about? But it was definitely a striking difference between Moff Gideon's team and the remnant stormtroopers that were on Navarro. That was kind of crazy. Um, so to me, there were a few things that were you know, like make me, Oh, there must be two. You know, I don't know if there's two empires or I don't know what's going on, dude. My, my head's spinning. I don't know if there's different factions of the empire and Navarro had one and then Moff or does Moff Gideon control all of them? If so, why did he kill his own people? I don't know, man, but it was like, it's definitely a moment that makes me look forward to the finale and see how that gets wrapped up. But I want to learn more about this Moff Gideon dude. Um, yeah, well, I th- I think that they were. I, my thought is that they were working for him, and um, you know, early in earlier episodes they were talking about like him and uh, Doctor Pershing, like oh he wants him alive and you right. know that's. I think he was the he they were talking about, and I yeah I, I would assume that obviously um, Moff Gideon has more discipline, so either they're from another place where they'd be cleaner, or he just holds his 
troopers to a higher standard. So they're, you know, they're keeping their, their stuff clean. But, and, you know, we also had this kind of warring, uh, factions era of the empire after the collapse, you know, you had a lot of people go out to the unknown regions with operation cinder and all that stuff. But at the same time you had, you know, different people, um, you know, just trying to stake their claim and there was infighting and all that sort of stuff too. So, you know, it could be either or. No, yeah, I, I agree. And and actually, Justin just joined us. What's up, Justin? How you feeling? Hey, gentlemen, I'm great. How you doing? Good, good. We're good. just bre- breaking down this incredible chapter seven, the reckoning, and um, oh you know, God. yeah, man. So we, you know, we just started talking about Moff Gideon and this the striking difference of Moff Gideon soldiers and their clean armor and the remnant troops that are, you know, hanging out at Navarro. And and kind of my thought was that these were two different factions of the Empire. I'm wondering if Moff Gideon controls both factions. Um, But, you know, we we clearly see his faction gun down the client and the troopers in there with no remorse. I mean, it was like, check again, you know, and he just kills them instantly. And it's like, that is brutality on a scale like we've, we've rarely seen. Um, so it's just like you get these, you get the remnant troopers, you get the new trooper. What are your thoughts on this whole Moff Gideon thing, man? So he came in with a presence that well, I think, you know, when you, when you first see the client and he's trying to, you know, send out the bounty, it, it, yes, he is kind of intimidating, but when Moff Gideon comes in, his presence just on the hollow projection spoke to I'm still in charge. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And it, it goes back to, um, it kind of reminded me a lot of the aftermath series where all the admirals were still kind of infighting and jockeying for power, uh, to control the empire. So it's clear he doesn't care whose toes he has to step on to get wherever he wants to go. I got you. He's just going to go ahead and do it. And, there's nobody there really to stop him. So if he has the might and he has the ability to do so, he's just going to go ahead and do it. But I thought his presence was uh, menacing. Yes. is a good term to, to use, but it was, it was awesome. I love that scene where he, you know, he's like, are you sure about that? Is, are you sure he's in there? So he already knew somehow. Now, now have you, we, we just talked about this too. Have you ever seen that tie fighter before in any, Star Wars iteration before. No, not where the wings collapse. Right. It has no, landing it, gear. When it first came in, I thought it was a normal TIE fighter because all right. the TIE fighters that you ever see in Rebels and whatnot, when they set down, they just set down on the wings. Right. Right. And you're like, well, how do they get up and down? Because it's like way high up there. But he, yeah. that was that was actually if I had if I had made it for the start of this call was going to be my intro was like, I want a TIE fighter with wings that fold in half. <laughs> So much more yeah. room for activities. I mean, right. Wow. I mean, dude, there was so much room. <laughs> He's got that little floating elevator inside the TIE fighter pod where he arises from, you know, you don't see him clamber down. So he right. comes in all dramatic, the wings fold down landing gear. He rises up on his elevator and then they cut to him on the ground. You know, does he like stumble out of the craft? Is it not as graceful? Does he look all right. clumsy, like clumsy when he gets out of the TIE fighter? Trips. Trips yeah, falls, he trips, cape right. falls over his head and like, he like, <laughs> Stands up, and flips it back. Like, oh, I hope nobody right, saw that. Like, right, right. So, you know, we're we're almost at the end of our recap. Um, but 
I kind of want to know what some of your takeaways were for this episode. What are your favorite moments, things like that? Cause we definitely, we broke down basically, you know, scene by scene of this, of the show so far, but where were you at? What, what, did, what stuck out to you? So I, I'm going to say first, I predicted it right. They all got back together. Yeah. Yeah. They all got back together, including IG 11. Yeah. Uh, in a different way as basically a nanny, but right. Um, right. They all got Mr. back Nanny. together, and I like actually how they put it back together. Um, how he went to from place to place to collect the people because they all kind of had a, a different job or a different role in the group. And you know, when he goes to get Cara Dune, he's like, I need the muscle, so I'm gonna pull her in, she's my right. protection. I'm gonna go to Quill because you know, he's the guardian, he can protect the child. Um, IG-11 was just kind of an add-on because he didn't even know it was still alive. Right. Um, but I think how how they put it together for him to go back with the crew to collect everybody, bring him into the fold, and then, all right, we've got our, our crew again. I thought that was brilliantly done. Um, Agreed. I loved, uh, you know, I loved Quill's story, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, we learned a lot uh-huh. about him. A lot and more I, in this episode than previous ones. Yeah, it was interesting because, you know, he's clearly an educated Ugnot, right? We we joked that he went off to college. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. He was the only Ugnot that they sent off to college. But actually, in my rewatching of Rebels, I got to the episode The Forgotten Droid. Um, oh, I know. Yeah, I know Chopper that one. tries to get his leg. Yeah, right. He yes. sees that leg and he steals it from another You're Ugnot. You're right. You're right. clearly speaks... Uh, fluently, um, dude, you are so right. Um, cause the Ugnots I was thinking of in rebels were Hondo and Naka's Ugnots yes, that did not speak, speak that basic. Way. Yeah. So there's some out there that are very clearly educated from somewhere. Um, and Will's story saying, you know, he was essentially an indentured servant for the empire, right. uh, probably also is where his education came from or how he, I guess formed his language and and learned to speak. So well, so one line that Josh caught that that I thought was a beautiful line, but then Josh was like breaking it down and actually thought about it was, did you catch when he said that he was an indentured servant for three of your human generations? Yes. And and Josh was like, yo, dude, like Empire hasn't been around for three human generations. So what do you think that meant? Because we were trying to figure out what he meant by that. Well, I think. Um I don't know. I mean, it, it could have been maybe just somebody he worked for. Or I guess I, I don't know what the Ugnot lifespan is, I guess. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, because humans, you know, we look at, you know, a generation, what, you're 60, 70, 80 years old, right? Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. I mean, there's very few of us that live to be 100, 106 or so, right? So, I think he's essentially saying, look, in your your 50, 60 years, you know, I've been serving this form of regime, maybe not necessarily the empire specifically, but this kind of, uh, I don't want to say enemy, but this kind of regime in a certain way. So, right, right. But yeah, I just, I thought that was, I thought his backstory was great. Um, You know, uh, I, the one thing I did not, hear him say, and I, I apologize, I only got to watch it once Yeah, today. yeah, that's all right. Um, did he say I have spoken at all in this yeah, episode? Yeah, oh yeah. He did, okay, yeah. I, to- I totally missed it then. <laughs> I was like, when, um, did he really not say it at all? What happened? 
it's right when he 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 tells the Mandalorian, he goes, and I'm bringing my blurgs, and he goes, oh, that's the, right, the blurgs, yeah. I have spoken. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, I thought, you know, the scene where they're at the campfire and the, I don't, they they weren't. They, they weren't, weren't Minox. They, they weren't, weren't Minox. They were just some kind of dragon thing. Just starts yeah. picking them off. Huge. Um, I thought that was awesome. Um, we learned a lot more, I think, about Yoda Ling, baby Yoda, this episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's clear that they understand, or at least Quill understands, he is a Force user. He's heard about them. He knows what they can do. He doesn't fully know what his powers are. But I thought it was interesting. He pointed out that He's not a clone. He doesn't because he's oh, we seen, kind of glossed over that. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. Actually, yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah. Oh, so in in this show, he says, you know, he's. I don't think he's a, a clone <laughs> because he's aged. He's wrinkled and that's right. He doesn't look that's perfect. Right. He said, but yeah. he looks at Cara Dune. He's like, you look like a clone, even though we know she's not. Well, <laughs> right. Maybe she is, but um, <laughs> he looks at him. He's like, I don't it's not a clone or it's not a replica. It's, it's right. age different. It's wrinkly. It's ugly. It's real. Right. right. So, but he look in the mirror, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, so he, he recognizes it's something authentic and not a clone. So it's interesting to, that, you know, Dr. Pershing in, in the client clearly won it for, at this point, I'd be willing to say cloning purposes. Yeah. Not, uh, it, it, not that it's part of their property, but it's something that they want to learn from and do some serious testing on. So, but the scene with the dragon was great. Yep. Um, you know, he puts his hands on him. He's trying. He's trying to eat me. And uh, he <laughs> freaks such out. A good part, man. I'm like, you're really worried. You just got your arm ripped open by a giant flying creature, and you're worried about the one foot tall thing trying to eat yeah, you. Yeah. Well, have you ever like, seen him eat a frog? I mean, right, one gulp, dude. True. Very true. One he one bite. When they were eating whatever they roasted, he did mention. I didn't catch it the first time, but on the second watch, I meant. I noticed he mentioned that. Oh, he's a he's a carnivore. Yeah, like, Quill. Quill said yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, surpri- I thought. I thought. Uh, Grief no, said it, but- no. Quill goes. Uh, oh, I'm surprised that he's a carnivore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he made was- a little made a little comment on that. What were they roasting? Were they roasting that weird like coyote thing that was on yeah. the the hill? Yeah. <laughs> so oh, is that what it was? Yeah, that was okay. a that was a classic Star Wars creature if I've ever seen one. If, if Just, it was another Wachian monkey lizard, I was about to be like, those things are apparently the chickens of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere. No, for real. No, I, hey, since was, we went back to that scene, yeah, uh, I was thinking when I on the second watch, like after I know what happens, I was like, man, this would have been the time to to turn right because they're already like distracted, shooting at the things like. Now's the time to shoot shoot them when they're not paying attention, you know, right. like when they were going to turn on him. Yeah, obviously that were, doesn't work from a storytelling stance. No, but. no, I think. But remember, we were talking about the hysteria of the moment. They were just yeah, shooting true. wild, and because they were just, dude, you couldn't see the dragons. Like it was so dark. Like they just came out of nowhere. I think they were probably more worried about not getting picked up, like a you know, like a scrap meal. You know, uh, that thing picked up a blurg. Like it was nothing. Uh, oh yeah. So they were probably just frightened out of their out of their pants, and it and it got one of his dudes got that dude with the big helmet, uh, which, <laughs> dark helmet, <laughs> dark helmet. Yeah, <laughs> I'm waiting for, I am waiting for a constable Zuvio, 
Uh, and this is something I, we didn't bring up on the hype of Skywalker show. We need, we need some constable Zuvio action. He, he's the most undersold action figure of all time. We need to give him some purpose in the universe. Why wasn't he part of grief Karga's crew? I demand answers. John Favreau. He, he <laughs> was the bounty hunter walking up to the dead. Uh, what's her name? Um, in episode five. That's that's Zuvio right there. Yeah, no. So the the guy who actually th- this is funny. I got in a debate with somebody about this. I saw Constable Zuvio in episode one, and he was in that cantina, and I was like, dude, that has to be him. The guy who designed Constable Zuvio went on Twitter and was like, oh yeah, that's him. Like that's totally him. So he, whether or not we'll find out, the creator was like, yeah, that's that's totally the guy I designed. Um, I, I saw that character too. And I, uh, that's what I thought at first it was constable Zuvio, but I couldn't quite tell it was either him or one of his dudes. And right. But it had, you had like a visor, like under the hat, there was, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Visor in front of his eyes. Yeah. And Zuvio didn't have that piece. You could clearly see his eyes. Now it doesn't mean he could have put the visor on, you know, in the show and they, they hit it cause they didn't want to do the makeup piece. But um, it, yeah, I, I'm, I agree. That's either Zuvio or one of his dudes that was in the cantina. Why couldn't, agree. why couldn't the, the, you know, the episode four at the end when the, the Garandin, um, was there trying to kill baby Yoda and the crosshairs, why couldn't that be Zuvio? I mean, can I, can, where can I send in a letter of complaint? Uh, <laughs> like I should, I mean, I should just write constant letters about Zuvio not being part of the universe. And l- I'm just going to be on my, on my little hill. I'm not a fan of Zuvio. I just, if you're going to produce an action figure of that quantity, you got to give them more than just a split second of screen time. I mean, three seconds at least, please. Well, I w- So I would say this, I was disappointed in force awakens with the guavian death gang oh yeah they so i have brought up badass yeah. uniforms yeah. badass uniforms and they got two seconds of screen time and yes. didn't do jack squat and i'm like that's why we put them in there like that figure was really really cool yeah and agreed. problem was was they produced a ton of them so you can get them yeah. for really really cheap but the character itself i was like oh man this is a cool looking figure i wonder what he does in force awakens right nothing Absolutely nothing. You know, I was talking about another character from that scene earlier, Cassu Leech. I I could have sworn yeah. I saw Cassu Leech in that fight scene in this uh, chapter seven where Cara Dune was battling the the Zabrik, um, and there's like a split second where that actor. I swear he's in that he's in that cantina. Yeah, um, Rathars. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, that's totally him, dude. Uh, but maybe or not. Before, uh, before it was way before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, he's trying to assemble his crew uh, yeah. back then. Uh, I, but- I I loved um, so the biker scouts. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Chilling there at the entry to the town, and I thought, you know, Cara Dune kind of talking about Navarro. Like, hey, did you ever do any time on Navarro? No, we couldn't get in there. It was too entrenched. The city was too buried. Like, as soon as you dropped in, you were exposed. There's no right. cover. So literally, this city is just built underneath or like down low below ground level and you know the only place good to drop in apparently is on the outskirts and as soon as you do that you're gonna right. cap um but i loved the way that they did her character where you know he's trying to talk her into going um she's like no 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 i'm good here i'm happy and he's like dude we're gonna go kill imperials she's like right. i'm in that's all you had yeah. to say she's yeah. like i'm in 
So clearly some, <laughs> they did something, I think, to her or someone in her past that she is clearly not happy about yeah. um, or holds a grudge against. And maybe that's why she became a shock trooper. That's why she really just wants to kill Imperials um, and still harbors that ill will. Yeah, she's so anti-imp. She's so anti-imp. And it's like, you know, the Mando's anti-droid, but he still works with droids. But she is just like, nah, man, I can't deal with this. Whereas the Mando is letting IG-11 be his, you know, Mr. Nanny on his Razor Crest. Yeah, and and so her going there and then seeing – uh, I don't want to say like the remnants of the empire, but like the two biker scouts just chilling, leaning against their bikes there. Oh right? yeah. Like, they, they didn't care. They were just they like, yeah, care. whatever, There's man. No, they're just like, Hey, he told me to go guard the front gate. All right, cool. <laughs> and he's like, just <laughs> like, if he had, had a pack of smokes, just like leaning, totally, like, you know, taking a couple puffs as they yeah. stole up, I would have been like, all right, you know, with his visor flipped up. That, oh yeah. The only way he could have been more lax. But then he gets there and he's like, oh, I'll give you 20 credits for the helmet. And he's like, that's right. Yeah. No, it's going up on my wall. Right. Like, so they clearly don't care about any structure when they were. I'm going to guess um, they were told by Moff Gideon, right, as part of the plan to go get the kid, go track down the kid. They they knew what the Mando was doing before. I think the Mando even knew what he was doing. Um, Moff Which Gideon is scary. Was so Which far is into scary. his plan. It was it was crazy. So I don't know if somebody tip if that was grief tipping him off right. or what. But he was so far into the Mandalorian's plan. He had no answers, none. Right. Uh, but the lacks of the Imperials. I did love the um, uh, the carrier, the troop carrier rolling up. Yeah, I was talking about uh, that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was prominently used in Rebels a lot for prisoner transports. Well, it was based um, on the it was based on the old Kenner yeah. toy, and I got one sitting right behind me, um, and I was very happy to see that. I heard that uh, Hasbro is doing a vintage collection. Um, they're calling it their secret name is called Duck Boat, but it's going to be at retail uh, their armored transport. So I'm very excited to see that. Yeah, so I love that part rolling up. It's a nice callback to you know episodes of Rebels. And oh yeah, original vehicle. Um, but the end, uh, and we haven't gotten there yet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So okay, now, good. now we're all well, three of us up. Are caught up here. So yeah. Um, Josh had a note in here about, you know, Quill's death, the reveal. Yeah. You know, yeah. Josh, how do you, how do you feel about that? Spoiler man? alert. If you haven't watched oh, yeah. the episode. <laughs> If you're if you're this if you're an hour into turn, the the turn episode this show recap, off twenty seconds ago. <laughs> I think if they or made like it an hour this ago. far, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Josh, how did that affect you? What was that? What was that moment like when we saw that reveal? It was kind of I I don't know if I'm just dumb, but I thought when they first showed Baby Yoda on the ground, I was like, is that like a decoy? Did he make it in the ship? And then they oh. and, the, and then they like like and I don't know why I thought that necessarily, but then I pan they panned and he there he is, laying on the ground and I was like oh no right yeah you so I, close I the same thing they got and our baby Yoda they, they got him the way they shot that and the way that it played out like I was on the edge of my seat right. watching yeah. that the whole time like please get to the freaking ship get in like the ship. And he's, you know, he's calling for him on the thing. He's like, Quill, Quill, are you there yet? Are you in the ship? Oh, so and brutal. It's so hard. And then you see the little baby Yoda there. 
and he gets picked up and then it just pans over and you see Quill laying there. I was like, oh my God, dude. Like I almost broke into tears right there. Cause yeah. I liked I thought Quill's character, you know, in the the what the second episode, right? When he's teaching him, you're like, all right, this is kind of a cool old mentor right. kind of dude. Maybe he'll play a part later on, maybe not. Um, but after this episode, when they set him up with the backstory that he had, right? I served three of your lifetimes right. as an indentured servant. The way I won my freedom is with my hands and working um, to be free, right? He's finally free, gets dragged back into it and gets killed. And it was like, it was it's gonna be It's going to be some heavy guilt riding on the shoulders of the Mandalorian when he Agreed. gets out of this pickle, man. He's going he's gonna to own that death. He's going to have to. And I don't know if he pays homage to Quill and maybe his maybe his signet is something to do with Quill um, as as an homage to him. I don't know, but he's going to have to wear that burden. I mean, yeah, he you're right. He he asked this dude to come back and and and, you know, serve a serve a purpose. And he he died. He paid the ultimate price at the hands of an imperial, no less. Yeah, um, that's brutal. And, you know, my my first thought after, you know, the episode's over, I'm thinking, oh, what's going to happen next week or what's going to happen in 10 days? Right. Like yeah. my only hope, because I I don't want to see the child in danger. I also have the same emotional <laughs> response. I just hope that he has one of those massive like force bursts where he just explodes the speeder bikes. Right. And then he's just, he's just wandering the Navarro lava planes. And then that's, they eventually find him. Like he actually doesn't right. make his way into the village. Um, that's just wishful thinking. I think that baby Yoda is going to get delivered to Moff Gideon. I, I just well, don't he's think he's going to force choke him. Well, actually, are there any other takeaways from the episode before we move on to the 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 next segment? Anything else we want to cover about the episode or the the impact got, of it? I got just one note from that um, I was doing. I was reading up to try to find out uh, that Tie Fighter is called an Outland Tie Fighter. Oh, and its okay. first appearance its first appearance was in Star Wars Card Trader in October. Oh, so it's also app. brand new. Yeah, no, it's new huh. for this. This is oh, its. Own, okay. it, it first appeared in that game, but this is its first like in canon appearance. Gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Okay. It's, it was a sweet ship. Oh, it's very. I, sweet. I, lo- I love Tie Fighters. Oh, so yeah, same. I'm a big Tie same. Interceptor fan. I yeah. just think they're sweet ships. Uh, yeah, you know, all guts, no shields. That's wild, dude. Yeah, I love Tie Fighters, but I thought that was cool. It just like folds in half as he's landing. It was, that like, was beautiful. Awesome. It was so well done too. Well shot. Everything about it was was beautiful. Yeah, uh, I, I really just after last week's episode, I thought that episode was great. And then <laughs> I got I got upset when you know he when uh, they drop when Mayfeld drops Baby Yoda. Right. I was like, dude, yeah. you just dropped the yeah. kid on the ground. Right. Like, what the hell? And I got upset here, when grief picked him up for a split second. Yeah, I'm like don't and, don't touch him. And then like, um, and then you know Quill's guarding him, and then you see him laying on the ground again. And I was like, oh, he dropped him again. Yeah, I was like, yeah, as a baby, kid. be careful, right? Fragile. <laughs> no wonder he was choking Cara Dune. He's like, <laughs> she's bad, <laughs> right? Um, one other thing too. Uh, now we know. Now we've seen our our that scene that we heard about with the five hundred first. That yeah, yeah, you're first. right. Yeah, so that's cool. And then I also had this thought when we were talking about how like uh, uh, the clients 
stormtroopers were shabby and Moff Gideon's were yeah. crisp. You know, might just might have just been because they were five hundred first. So they're like, we're showing we're showing up to shoot something for Star Wars. We better be we better yeah, all yeah. be. Big <laughs> fan. Oh, you, so it's very meta. It's a very meta approach to the yeah. costuming. They put all three la- uh, layers of what is it? It's no Nova polish. There's like three stages oh, yeah. of Nova polish that you use to clean armor. <laughs> they put yeah, all yeah. three on there like Ooh, shiny. <laughs> um, yeah. I did. I did catch something, though, the other day, because um, there's a lot of armor manufacturers out there for stormtroopers and tie oh, pilots sure. and everything yeah. else. Um, I did see a shout out uh, Waltz Waltz Trooper Factory. Um, on Facebook, he does productions, uh, vacuum form uh, oh, cool. productions okay. of armor. Uh, somebody did give him a shout out that said it was his armor that was used in uh, at least probably for a couple of those troopers. And I'm sure if they wanted him in bulk, you know, he was cranking out Holy the full smokes. kits and put okay. together. So um, shout out to Walt's Trooper Factory. That's awesome, dude. I, I OK, I got to look into that. I'm not a, I'm not a Facebook guy, but I am I have goals to build a TIE fighter uh outfit like i definitely want to be a tie fighter pilot at some point so i'll look into that the mask is usually the most expensive part it seems the yeah the helmet um and then really the armors yeah dude i what are you george lucas the laser sword (laughs) if uh if if you didn't catch the 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 monologue of this episode i'm still recovering from (laughs) my sickness my brain is yeah i'm I'm over here sweating oh yeah yeah no i'm good though yeah tell you what if that's if that's what you want to do i can send you all of the info you need yeah yeah i would love to learn about it because mine's almost done i have a return of the jedi tie fighter pilot that I'm on. so i have the extra gray hose that goes from oh, cool. the front to the back yeah uh, that's almost done i really just need to hook the hose up in the back and put my padding in the helmet and i'm good to okay. go hell um, yeah and i'll send my <laughs> pictures in for submission but i can tell you where to get everything what you need to do um and who you need to submit to so into it love yeah. it all right well uh let's get into our let's get into one of our last segments here guys People are coming on us. The galaxy is coming on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the Force. That's not how the Force works. <laughs> oh, really? You're cold? <laughs> so with that, um, we got one more episode after this, the finale. And this is, to me, it's it's seeming like it's going to turn out to be a two-parter. So this is a, this is a two-parter finale here, uh, 10 days away. How is this going to wrap up? Because Justin, as you once you came on, you dropped it hot. Like I predicted this, and I said early on before you got on this episode, I'm dead wrong. I didn't think we were going to get this cast back together again. Um, you know, there's a lot to take in for this final episode. I don't know where it's going to go. I I'm fascinated to see how they get out of this pickle. I think IG11 has something to do with it. I think he's going to go into protect mode when when he sees a dead Quill uh, outside the ship. Um, do the Mandalorians come back? Are they still on Navarro? Why didn't the Mandalorian call them for help? Can he call them for help? Uh, are the bounty hunters still on Navarro? Are they going to have a part to this? Are we going to see a massive gunfight? And I'm Dominic, talking Dominic like, comes back in. Yeah, I mean, uh, we asked him point blank. We asked uh, Dominic Pace, Star Wars friend, are you going to be back on? And he was kind of like him and Han. He didn't really give a straight answer on it. Bottom line is, man, I think that this is going to set up for a massive finale. I think it's probably going to be an hour plus. Uh, I think that we're going to see a lot of content in this. And we're not going to learn who Moff Gideon is this episode. We're just going to know that he's brutal. He's a warlord, whatever. But we're probably going to get some some 
dialogue, some unnecessary, you know, evil villain, James Bond esque dialogue where he's giving his master plan and, you know, they, they unravel that. Um, but I am fascinated to see where this goes. I don't know how it's going to end guys. I, I, uh, I just want it to be a fun ending. I don't want it to be an ending where baby Yoda's in captivity with the empire or, you know, I, I just want to know that he's safe and I want to know, <laughs> like, like, that's all I ask. I don't care how it ends. Just please make the, the child safe. Like, that's all I want. But do you guys have any thoughts? I really don't. I don't. I just I have a feeling it's going to escalate into full blown conflict with, you know, IG-11, Mandalorian, Cara Dune and uh, possibly the Bounty Hunter Guild and the Mandalorians that are still there on Navarro, if they are on Navarro. Now, I thought they were splitting and going to a different planet to, to relocate, but I could be totally wrong. But what, what thoughts do you guys have? I, I don't think it's the Mandos cause I, we've already done a Mando rescue this, this season. Um, I think, I think IG 11 is going to go into protect mode and show up and he's going to lay waste to a bunch of people, but not everybody. And then all of a sudden some Moff Gideon gets shot and the frame moves and it's Boba Fett, baby. Oh my god! With a smoking blaster. All we this need guy. is Kyle on this here to guy. roll his eyes. We need an audible <laughs> eye roll from Kyle right now. No, no but in uh, the other thing too is we we don't know they didn't we don't have our reveal from who the person that found um, Fennec was either. I didn't think sure. we were gonna get that though. I really didn't. And you know what's funny? Um, well, I so I did this. I don't know if you guys did this. I was listening very closely to what Moff Gideon's footsteps sounded like because it was like, <laughs> oh, was it Moff Gideon that walked up to Fennec Shan? Oh, there's those spurs. And then, you know, I told you guys about that sound clip that was from Empire Strikes Back of Boba Fett walking in and someone matched it up identically. <laughs> like, it's identical, guys. It is without question the same sound from Empire Strikes Back when Boba Fett walks in. So, um, it's not Moff Gideon because he doesn't have spurs when he when he walks out of that TIE fighter. Uh, I listened and I implore you to do the same. Uh, well, and if it was Moff Gideon, I think they would have made that connection in this episode. Like if that he, if he's the person, we they would have revealed that in his reveal this time. I think. How would they have done that though? Be like I, I was the one. <laughs> like how would I don't know. know. I mean, it's he like had a, a little bit of expose like when he got there, so he could have said like. He was so dramatic. No, he was, I was so dramatic. I was tracking you from Tatooine. Or or I think, you know, that could have been Fennec's, it. That not, been it. Fennec's not dead and she's with him. You know, that, that could have that been, been, been the way to do it. Yeah. 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 She popped out of the back of the TIE fighter. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that was him with Fennec simply no. because why would he need a TIE fighter to fly down into the town? Right. Like, I, I get like most of the TIE fighters other than there's clearly not like a huge Imperial following on that base because it was just minimal with the client right he just got there so i'm assuming he is on a star destroyer or some kind of ship from somewhere and they dropped all of those troops down in there um so he came down from somewhere i don't think he was on planet and knew about fennec so i think that's my prediction is it's somebody else i don't think it's him but that, she was on Tatooine, though. This is Navarro. This is true. Or, that's yeah, true. this right. is true. That's true. Yeah. I, so, I just, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. God, too many desert planets. Yeah, I just don't think it was him, though. Like, I think it's somebody else that is probably going to 
step in or is following Boba Fett. We'll pick but, that. I think we'll pick that thread up season two. Josh, man. Josh is converting me. Boba Fett. I really think that we're going to pick that thread up in season two and Boba Fett will be, I was really hoping Boba Fett would be the cliffhanger this season, but after the way that chapter seven shaked out, I don't at all think Boba Fett's going to be in the next episode. Yeah. And, and to Josh's point, I really don't see it being the, the covert or, or whatever the covert from the Mandalorians. I think they're off planet. They're gone. You're right. You're right. They're, I agree. They're gone at this point when, as soon as Imperials started moving in there, they were like, we got to go. Like, I, I don't think they stuck around. So, so, so do you, so is it, I mean, it, there's a hundred troops. It's gotta be the bounty hunter guild that helps them get out of this pickle. I would think so. I would grief's gotta have something like a call button or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, but like, don't forget hey, Cara Dune yeah. grabbed that detonator. She grabbed the thermal detonator from the Mandalorian's armory. Um, she also grabbed that muzzle blaster, that big old, you know, hand cannon. Let's see. I, I don't even know what that thing does. I think it'll be interesting to see what they do when they find out she's a shock trooper or when she's because they said cover up your arm. So if they find out or if they see that they're going to see the tattoo on her face. Do you think they're going to get do you think the end of this next episode is going to find them captured? All of them captured and then they find out she's a shock trooper and the season ends with them all captured. How brutal would that be? Yeah, it could because we've like seen Empire. In, yeah, and we've seen yeah. in in Rebels before too, where Kanan and um, Ezra get captured multiple times. Right. Uh, you know, they get taken prisoner uh, and then escape. So I could see they them getting captured and then escaping. But I don't want to sit a year and wait for the cliffhanger to, dude. No, <laughs> they can't be captured. I'm sitting I, in an imperial prison somewhere uh, for a year. It, it kind of makes sense because I feel like you don't kill Moff Gideon in the next episode, right? Right. So, I and I don't see them escaping without killing him. He's the callous. He's the callous agent callous to the rebels crew right now, like. Because remember, there was Callus was without him, without him being honorable and ending up helping them later. But yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) But in the beginning, he was dead set on capturing the rebels, and he was the main villain for most of that first season or so. Yeah, yeah. Till uh, Tarkin steps in a little bit later on. Right, we get the Inquisitors, um, we get uh, Vader. Eventually, they kind of kept working up the chain, like. Hey, yeah, all but right. you get we to a moth, though. You're at a moth. Yeah. That's a high level. I mean, yeah. I don't know what's left of the Empire, but that's a high level boss, dude. That's like a that's not a mini boss. That's no. not a callus. That's that's, that's, why, the big that's boy. why I think he'll be around for a little bit. Agreed. I don't think he'll be gone after the next one. Did anyone else um, kind of smirk at the fact that he's like the only moth we've ever met who's not British? Like that's he didn't true. have a protect that. He actually. Yeah. Giancarlo Esposito is he's a he has a very prominent Spanish accent in, in his normal speaking voice and his voice that he had in, in this was like hey guys like what are you doing behind that wall I'm the Moff Gideon you know he had this like really cheesy American style voice um, <laughs> rewatch it re- rewatch his lines of dialogue I was like oh that's an interesting delivery he's very cheerful I mean he wasn't like menacing like he wasn't Breaking Bad at all you know I was expecting some of that. I was expecting some of that ferocity, but maybe that's where his, you know, his evil comes from is that he, he does have that very 
it's it's almost like a cheerful voice. Listen to it again. I, I, I definitely um, see if you guys pick up on that tendency. But he wasn't like menacing at all. Uh, you uh, know? I, I want to know what he knows about the child. Oh, he is obsessed. He, he clearly knows what it is and he he understands why he wants it. I, but I he he basically told Mando, he's like, You have no idea what you have. I do right. I'm taking it back. He's like, dude, it's baby Yoda. I repost all the memes. I you know he's, <laughs> he's obsessed just like the rest of us. Right. Right. So I, I don't know what my thoughts are for, for the finale. Uh, you know, we'll see. It's only, you know, it's only 10 days away and we only have like the largest motion picture of our, you know, fandom ever dropping tomorrow. Um, that, that will keep us definitely occupied uh, until then. But, you know, uh, I, I thought that, um, you know, the episode five for me just didn't do much. The Tatooine. Right. Episode yeah. Didn't do much. And I, I you know, I'd said Filoni normally does that where, you know, you get kind of a slow episode and then it'll hit you with a really, really good episode. This episode actually really caught me by surprise Yeah, because it was and I know it's you know, he, he does a lot of those two parter season ending things. That's right. Yeah, we should have saw that coming. Yeah, opening. we should have totally saw that coming. Yeah, he, he does that a lot where it's like, hey, here's one big cliffhanger right. and then here's part two and it still has a cliffhanger on the end of it. But they're they tie together so well. And it, but this one really caught me by surprise because I wasn't expecting it after the, the last right, episode. So, right. Um, and I think it was Deb Chow, actually, that Deborah Chow that directed this one as well. Yeah. And, oh, and totally. It, yeah. We talked about are, her. Yeah. All of the directors that they have had have been on point with this show. And I'm really excited to see what they do for uh, next week's. Agreed. Well, Agreed. Next, and next season when they have Ryan Johnson direct one. Oh, my hey, God. Come on, bro. All right. So with, with that. <laughs> You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow it. All right, so I just spent that whole outro thinking about Ryan Johnson directing an episode of Mandalorian next season. Is that actually because I know he came out and said he wanted to? Is that for real? Is he he really is? I mean, that's what I. No, I don't know that, but he wants to, and I don't think that's going to happen. I also don't think his trilogy is going to happen, much to the chagrin of everyone that made me jump off Twitter and the social media blackout because they don't like what happened in The Rise of Skywalker that I'm not going to talk about right now. So, Or, or that person that was like, I had a 10-minute conversation with Kathleen Kennedy, and oh, she's, I told her I miss Ryan Johnson. Get out of town. Just like you know, I talked to uh, Harrison Ford. At the, uh, at the, I, we got a local wing establishment here called the Winking Lizard, and I sat down and uh, ate wings with Harrison Ford the other day, and we talked about the good old days for forty minutes, and then no, dude, get out of here! You didn't have that conversation. <laughs> I, just, um, <laughs> I just think she like, so I, I will say this: like, Last Jedi is not my favorite. There's a lot of people out there that absolutely love it. Right. Um, yeah, it's in their top three. So, you know, divided fan base, whatever it is, people like the Star Wars movies that they're going to like. Oh, yeah. Am I am I opposed to seeing him do an episode of Mandalorian? Not necessarily. No, I'm definitely not. Because I'm definitely not. 
because I think they will have much tighter reins on the story of the Mandalorian than what they gave him with The Last Jedi. They're very specific in a TV series as far as where they're going with the direction of the story versus Last Jedi, where they said, all right, here you go. What do you got? Write the story. You do it. We're totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. D- directing and writing are two different things. Yes, and, yes. And, and, and I would love to see a Ryan Johnson directed Mandalorian. I was just goofing. Um, I really would. I think he's a talented director. I've already made my my point known on this show about his Knives Out film. I thought that was one of the best films of the year. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just fascinating. I, enough with this division. Let's bring them all in together. I want to see. Let's get Irvin Kershner back in on this. Let's you know. Let's get George Lucas to direct an episode. All the all the Star Wars directors, come on in. Let's have a ball. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, guys. So if you're listening to us, you can hit us up. If you got any opinions about Chapter 7, uh, The Reckoning, you can hit us up on social at SW Friend Show. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can email us, show at StarWarsFriends.com. We want to hear from you. Uh, Rise of Skywalker, guys, is coming up. And I think I'm probably going to drop this show tomorrow online we'll see if i stay up late enough tonight and get it online um so if you're listening to this on the way into the movie i hope you guys have the time of your life man i know i'm looking forward to it i got goosebumps i'm all hopped up on emergency to try to get my immune system back up so i can uh have have literally uh an out-of-body experience during rise of skywalker don't be Um, the guy coughing in the theater no, don't yeah, don't don't, do, don't that do that. Don't do that. Um, if you guys want to chat with me personally online, you can hit me up at no one is Chris. Where can they find you guys? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Tanab. You can follow me on Twitter at I am the Bendu. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I mentioned that we were going to do a contest. I might as well just announce it now. Um, we're going to give out a Black Series C three PO. And Babu Frick from The Rise of Skywalker. Um, it's a really cool figure. It's a really, really fun figure. C-3PO's got uh, Chewbacca's bandolier. He's got the the cross. The I don't know if the, that doesn't look like Chewie's weapon, but uh, it's a really cool figure. So we're going to actually give this away. Um, and I'll, I'll put that up on Twitter. But yeah, guys, I'm stoked. I'm very excited. I am ready for Rise of Skywalker and what a beautiful appetizer chapter 7 of The Mandalorian was so um, hey I hope you guys have fun tomorrow I hope you guys have dreams of Raylo and Ben Demption and all the other hashtags you can think of Uh, (laughs) not gonna get any sleep tonight thinking about it let's just do hashtag Star Wars and leave it at that hashtag Star Wars that's beautiful that's a beautiful note to end it on well with that guys thanks for joining us on another episode of Star Wars Friends and I hope uh, you guys all have beautiful dreams may the force be with you all always always